Hello and welcome to Conversations Across the Pond with Angel and Nicola. I'm Nicola and we're just two friends from different continents who connected online and as kindred spirits, even though we agree to disagree on some topics. Join us for no holds barred conversations as we demonstrate that you don't have to agree on everything, but can still be friends. Okie doke. So we're live. All right. Welcome <laughs> to a new episode of Conversations Across the Pond with Angel and Nicola. Yay. Yay. So today's topic, which is one that I think resonates with both of us, mm-hmm. is how do you actually live the life that you've chosen or you want to choose um and this for me started when i left my day job back in april may 2019 and Mm. i dreamt for such a long time about living at a different pace and being able to go outside when i wanted to and walk and enjoy the daylight and not be cooped up in an office five days a week and I, I resigned partly for that, those reasons and to do my own thing and forge my own path. But a big part of it was not having all the, what I call, hustle and crushing it all the time. Mm-hmm. But I found that the actual, the reality of living a life differently isn't that simple. Um, it takes, it takes discipline. It takes being proactive. You have to have a plan and you've got to follow through on everything. I think, you know, I I had this idea that if I just gave up my job and did other things, I'd, I'd just have these days where I was walking and just doing a bit of work here and there and, um, going out and taking photographs. And of course it, it just doesn't work that way. Yes, that's so funny. I think I had the same thing in my head, but I think for me, I I don't know why. I think for some reason I expected that by changing, by doing a geographic, I think that's what Marianne Williamson used to talk about, doing a geographic or doing a geographical, like changing the outside stuff and expecting that that was going to change everything, outside yeah. and inside both. And I have found... <laughs> That's just not true. It's not true at all because what is true is wherever you go, there you are. So for me, I just, I left my last corporate job in January of 2021 this year as, as of this recording. And I was just, uh, much of, of my experience was the same as what you said. I, I was burned out. I was tired of you know, kind of feeling like a cog in a wheel and part of a machine and, you know, like a number that nobody really gave a shit about. Just, you know, as long as I'm contributing, that's all that mattered. And Mm -hmm. I was just toast. I was completely wrung out and fried. And I, when I left, I was, A, I was so relieved because it had taken a lot for me to work up to actually leaving for a lot of different reasons. There was a lot of guilt involved you know, and, and the job that I was in, 
it was very important that you were considered loyal. And so by leaving, I was being disloyal. And that was just, that was a big no-no. So there was just a lot of stuff involved to get to that point. But even once I left, nothing changed. Mm-hmm. I mean, I didn't have the regular stress and the the long hours and the exhaustion and all of that. And I did have time to just unwind and relax and do some reading, which I hadn't done in years. But even still, I kept finding myself reaching for what I've always reached for, which is a life of more meaning and depth and purpose. And I did not suddenly get those things just because I took the job out of the equation, you know? Yeah. So what are you finding? Because your whole thing is living a gentle life. Yeah. (laughs) So what are you finding? Yeah, exactly. (laughs) You and me both, sister. So how are you finding that? Like, what are you, what have you found in the process? And what, what do you think it takes to actually live this gentle life that you're craving? Well, I think what's really funny is the number of people that say to me, people that, you know, I know some acquaintances, people that follow on, you know, Instagram or something, and they'll say, hmm, you're not really living a gentle life, are you? Mm. You know, when I talk about all the things that Chris and I do and the traveling and juggling and spinning plates. um, Yeah, I think, I think for me, what I discovered, and I think the bit that you said about changing the outside and you have to change the inside Mm. is I'd changed the outside because I'd left my job but I remember the first six months after leaving my job I felt like I had to be at my desk at half past eight every morning and I had to be working um and you know at that stage I was setting everything up so there wasn't really a lot that I was working on. I was doing my website and I was writing, but it wasn't, you know, like I had something that I had to be there all day for, but I was, I just used to do, I put in five days a week and I realized that all I'd done was just left one job and kind of created one for myself. Yes. Um, But then we decided in the September that year, we decided to move house and move to the countryside. So it would take us another year to do that. But um, the process of doing it and of course, you know, there was lockdown as well. It's it kind of gave me an opportunity to step back a bit. Um, So it's been an evolution but I, what I've found is I have to be really disciplined. I can't just get up in the morning and kind of just go with the flow. If I want to go out every day and walk, I have to make it happen. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's the same with everything that I have on my list of things that constitute living at a gentler pace. You know, we've I've, I'm doing this 30 days thing at the minute in November and you know, I'm, I'm talking about all the basics like drinking enough water and surprising, well, probably not surprisingly because it's a challenge for me as well. Um, a lot of people find that really difficult to do. Yeah. Making time to actually be outside for any length of time. Um, 
and having time to relax and just stop and rest all these things people find so hard to do and I think I think it's because it's so ingrained in us and that's how we're brought up throughout our lives to follow these paths and you know like you said it's if you leave that job you're being uh, disloyal but Mm actually it's your life and yes but you know we're, we're just brought up that you have to work hard and working hard is the thing to do and it's what everybody kind of respects and you get a gold star for working hard Absolutely. but it's not the other way around you know if you want to carve out a life that's more mindful you don't really get any kudos for that mm-hmm See here again, I'm just making a note for when I go back before I post this, because I'm going to have to listen to this again and and add some notes to our (laughs) episode ideas, because there's like five different (laughs) paths I could walk down right now. (laughs) Like, because one of those things, like as you're talking, I feel like there's this whole, you know, Western society has this whole kind of puritanical work ethic, right? Like you got to work hard. You got to always be working. You got to be productive. All of that very heavy kind of toxic masculinity stuff going on. And yes, it's like we're stewing in that from the time that we're born, most of us. And so how do we know any difference? And then when we get an opportunity to be different, because we do, for example, start to wake up and realize, oh, shit, this is not how I want to live. This is not a life. You know, life is too short for this. Any of those things that happen to so many of us, it's almost like... It's almost like you have to relearn from scratch how to live and how to be in order to begin to even move in the direction of the life mm. that you really want to live. Yeah. And so one of the other things that you said, though, that I found really interesting because you were talking about um, it's almost like so when you OK, I'm going to use this as an example, because this is the example that everybody refers to, like the whole gratitude thing. Everybody knows that keeping a gratitude journal, for example, is a good thing to do. It's helpful. It helps in tons of different ways, mentally and emotionally, and in our perception of our day-to-day lives. But a lot of people don't do it, I find, because it feels empty. It just feels like they're doing it by rote. Yeah. So how does that relate to how you experience living a gentle life? So in other words, like you can go out for a walk and you're just doing it because it's on your list to check it off the list. Or you can go out for your daily walk and really be present in the moment and in your surroundings and soak it up and then come back feeling refreshed and feeling like you've just been filled up and, and like it's actually contributed to your gentle life. So how do you like how do you manage that? How do you walk that line? How do you help it to feed you? I think it's a combination of the two things. It's having some sort of process, if you need it, and I do, to actually make me do those things like going for a walk and fitting it in my day. But then once I'm out there, then I can do all the more mindful stuff. But it's just, Mm. I, I don't know, I don't understand why it's so hard because it's what I crave. But it's knowing that I've got other things I need to do in my day. They sort of take priority. 
um, and it's prioritising the things that are really important and putting those at the top of your list, I suppose. So it's a combination of doing that and then getting out there. But walking down the lane, you know, as soon as I'm there and I'm seeing pheasants or there are cows in the field or sheep or there are birds flying about or there's some new thing in the hedgerow, then it's really easy and I kind of just get lost in that that mm. moment. Mm. That's really easy to do. But I think So it's almost like Go on. Sorry, I just want to clarify. So it's almost like if you're putting yourself in the position of being able to experience it, the moment then pulls you forward. Yeah. Does that sound true? Yeah. Okay. I, su- I like I, that. I suppose it's giving yourself the right foundation to enable yes. it to happen. <laughs> yes. That's what I was going to talk about. I love that you said that. Okay. Good. I think, I mean, I'd even go as far as to say that we spend a lot of our lives being brainwashed. Yes, In having this sort of school, college, university, get a job, meet somebody, get married, have kids, work, you know, yeah, yeah, get a house, have a career. And there's an yeah. acceptable path that we all go down and I've gone down it. Um, but I think it's, it doesn't leave any room for, or much room. I know there are lots of people who live different lives, but it doesn't give much room for you to go, well, actually, I'd really like to live a completely different life. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it, it was something I thought was impossible for most of my career because I couldn't fathom how I could sustain myself. Yes, yep. But what's it been like for you, you know, since January? How how have you managed working for yourself and leaving a day job and doing something that is more mindful for you? Um, I feel, well, I would say for the first, at least a solid five months, maybe longer, I was just... I had just come off of, um, I basically had to step into my, uh, my director's role partially for a short time with my job. And I also had lost kind of my right hand person at the time. So I was trying to do basically the job of three people to an extent Mm. and in it, and this was during a, um, an acquisition. So we had just acquired a different company and we were trying to pull their, um, their IT stuff into ours and, and train their people and all of this stuff. So it was like, I was literally doing 12 and 14 hour days every day for a solid month, um, month and a half before leaving. And so I was just good and fried. I did not even know <laughs> how fried I was until I left. And it took me a good five or six months to, um, I just literally sat and read for hours every day, Nicola. Yeah. <laughs> Fiction. You know, just trashy, nothing, nothing intellectually stimulating, nothing meaningful, just, you know, take me away, let me relax. And it took me, um, it took me months and months of that to even start to feel like I was coming back to myself. And then, you know, during that time, I was kind of doing the bare minimum for Rooted Mystic. I would write a blog post and I would do a podcast and maybe record a video here and there, but I was just kind of half-assing it 
the yeah. whole way. Um, and then I think it was just over this summer, I kind of started to realize, oh, if I want to make this something like real out in the world, something that could actually be helpful to other people and meaningful in some way for other people and for me, I need to treat it differently from how I've been treating it. And yet I did not want to and refused, in fact, to treat it like I would a regular corporate J-O-B. Yeah. Because I just, there's something in me that just screams at the idea of that at all. So it's been a challenge for me to try and walk that line between, you know, I need to do it my way and I still need to do it. Um, and so the, the thing that you said just a few minutes ago about foundation, like that's how I do my experiments. So I, I used to do all kinds of experiments. I've done an experiment in gratitude, an experiment in safety and security, an experiment with death as ally, all kinds of different experiments just within my own life. And then I would go and create courses that other people could do these experiments with. But that's kind of just over the past, I mean, since my mother died in April of 2019, that's just become how I kind of do life. I And, and what that means for me is um, I create a foundation for myself because I need, I need that kind of a loose structure. I don't like anything that's too restrictive feeling, but I still need some kind of structure for support. So I do things like I create alarms for myself every day to remind me, oh, hey, you want to focus on this today, you know, and then I create reminders that pop up on my phone and my computer to say things like, actually, let me just pull them up right now. Like I have one that says, what am I receiving today? find something because there is always something good in my day. Even if I'm feeling like crap and even if I'm feeling sad, borderline depressed, anything like that, there is still something in my day that I can look at as I'm feeling like I'm receiving something good and helpful and and beautiful because it's life, Mm. you know, and it's not all one thing or another. And then I have another reminder that says, gut check. Am I feeling deeply relaxed and trusting? knowing that everything's okay. Like these are literally my reminders that come up for me every single day because I need that. I need that foundation. So I find ways of creating that foundation for myself so that even when I do get busy with things, whether it's personal stuff or business stuff or whatever, this foundation is here on the side kind of supporting me. And it's almost like guide rails helping to keep me on the road that I want to be on. Do you know what I mean? As far as how I want to live. Yeah. So that's really like, I rely on that a ton. (laughs) That, that makes a lot of sense. And you said earlier that you spent five to six months doing what I call decompressing and you had to sort of realign with yourself and these foundations and these reminders and what you call guide rails are almost helping you stay in alignment with yourself yeah I think that's true I like that that's true because I think I think the problem is it's it's really easy to have these ideas of oh I want to live this life and we do the vision boards and the dreams and everything but if you have something else that gets thrown into the mix it can really um take you off track Mm -hmm. and 
then it's it's harder to do it. And I think maybe that's some of the problem as well. That you know, it's it would be dead easy to do these things if we didn't have anything else that kind of crops up. But that's not how life works. So yeah, the I like the foundation idea. Yeah, and I don't even know if I would say that it's like for me it's not even just something else coming up in life for me a lot of it is a i'm fighting my own habits so my habit one of my habits is to just be busy be busy be productive be overwhelmed and this is just how i've always been and so it's habitual for me and if i don't consciously change that habit and set up uh, like a foundation or reminders or, or the guide rails like i was saying that it's not going to change because it's habitual. That's the easiest thing for me to just keep on down that yeah. path. So I don't even need like outside stuff from life to come in and throw me off the path. It's I'm fighting my habits. I'm fighting my um, my old like beliefs about myself specifically. Like who am I to take a whole day off just to do a cave day because I need it? Like what kind of pampered princess am I that I can do that? Once you know what I mean. <laughs> I should be working, damn it. I should be productive. I should be doing something. And so, yeah, for me, I'm fighting those habits. I'm fighting my beliefs and, um, um, you know, the the stories and things that I've always told myself or that I've been told and kind of taken in as my own. I'm fighting all of that. So then, yeah, on top of that, if something comes in or if I happen to start to slide toward depression or I have really bad anxiety days for a few days in a row then it's like you know and this is why though this is why I go to the trouble of creating the alarms on my phone and creating the reminders for my computer and setting recurring appointments on my calendar so that I can't just conveniently quote unquote forget to take a cave day for example you know like I need those structures so we're almost it's a battle with ourselves. Yeah. Well, ourselves on top of, like you were saying earlier, all of the, the things that we've been kind of indoctrinated into yeah. in this society. And we're supposed to believe that we need to be productive. We're supposed to believe that, especially as female identifying people, we're supposed to believe that we need to prioritize taking care of other people and being the support. Whether we're tired or whether we're able to do that at the time or not like these are just we're taught these things it's like breathing the oxygen from the time we're born so there's a lot there's a lot that we're fighting and you know so in a in a way it's no wonder so many of us think oh god i'd really love if i could live like this or if i could do that with my life and then we just feel like we can't you know there's a lot that we're pushing against to try and break those old patterns and begin to live as the human beings we want to live as. Mm. I'm just thinking, you know, going back to all the times when, and it started in my 30s when I was traveling all over the place and just working long, long weeks. And I used to think there's there's got to be more than this. Yes. And I suppose as well, like you were saying then, we reach a point where we're overwhelmed and the craving for a gentler pace of life is because whatever we're living at the time 
is more than what we really want to be doing or can cope with or it's we're burning out so in some respects I think there's there are factors that are pushing us that way as well as wanting to live a different sort of life but it's it's also maybe a reaction to a lot of the way that we're living yes yeah I think on some level because I've had so many of those same thoughts like there has to be more than this I remember and I think we talked about this before I don't remember if we recorded it or not but even as a teenager I remember thinking why am I here if this is all if this is all it's about Mm -hmm. like this is ridiculous so it never made sense to me um Oh, God, and now I don't remember where I was going to go with that. (laughs) Oh, I hate when that happens. Oh, no. What were you just saying? I have to do this with my friend, too. Oh, gosh. No, you're asking me. Um... I know. (laughs) Two peas in a pod, aren't we? (laughs) We're going to listen back to this recording and go, damn it, it was this. (laughs) Well, I I was saying about how you go through all the overwhelm and you it's kind of the reaction to that that makes you want to look for something different. Oh, yes. Thank you. Thank you. I, I, okay. So for me, I would say I know for, if I'm talking to other people, I would say, I believe there's a part of us that knows that this is not what it's about. And I think the busier we keep ourselves the easier it is to ignore that part until or unless something kind of big happens to snap us out of it. So, and you and I have talked about this too, the, you know, the death of my mother and, you know, you, I know you've had experiences that I will let you share if you choose to or not either way that make you think, you know, it really brings it up because it's almost like, it's almost like it's enough of a shock to the system that it snaps you out of the hold that, our perception of reality tends to have on us. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah. It's yeah, a distraction. So it's all a it distraction. Is. It is. But part of us knows. Mm. Part of us knows that this is not why we're here. We are not here to participate in the the bullshit politics that is such a big deal everywhere. We are not here, which is separate from being involved, like I do not equate those two things. So just to clarify that piece, we are not here to buy as much plastic shit as we can stuff into our homes or storage units. We are not here to drink to oblivion and sit and watch the football game. You know what I mean? Like mm. all of these things that are such a priority in, in our culture, this is not why we're here. And some part of us knows it. And so for me, I feel almost like there was a part of me inside just sobbing because it knew this is not why we're here. Yeah, I think I had that very strongly in my 30s because um, I'd been, I was married very briefly for 11 months and um, that all went south. And then I was in my 30s thinking, well, you know, I was supposed to be married now, maybe with kids on the way. Mm. Um, and there's, it's all sort of, you know, gone pear-shaped. And I was working a lot and 
I don't know. I just, I think it had been building up. You know, it, it was, I'd been doing a lot of reading and I was going down quite esoteric rabbit holes. Mm-hmm. And I just had this deep sense that there's there's more to this, but I didn't know what that more was. And in the absence of understanding what it was, I just kept doing what I did. And, um, you know, I mean, my 30s are just a complete blur of, well, I don't even know what, you know, I was just working and there's very little that I actually remember, which I think is quite sad. And I, I just think you, all these little moments, um, I mean, that was, it wasn't, it was a pivotal moment, but looking back, it wasn't, it wasn't massively life-changing. It was just, this has come to an end and that's it. And, you know, I had to deal with it. I've had other moments that were more life-changing. Um, mm. But I, I think, like you say, all these moments, they are there to just wake us up. And each yeah. one wakes us up a little bit more. And we peel back another layer of ourselves. And we start to... We, we lose some of those protective shields that we've got around us and we see ourselves better and we actually yes. start to see who we really are. But, you know, it's a lifelong journey yeah. and I think you either engage with it or you don't. And I think there are a lot of people who never engage with that. And, I mean, this is... This is some of the essence map stuff that I talk about. You know, it's like, I always think when you have something like a bereavement and someone close to you dies, when my mum died and then my dad, whilst, you know, I had to go through the whole process of grief and the whole bereavement process, there was a big part of me that was telling me that this was a pivotal moment and I would get through it and there was light at the end of the tunnel and it would transform me in some way because that was Mm. part of my experience. But I think a lot of people find it really hard to look at stuff like that and see it as anything remotely positive. Yes. But, you know, I say so many times, if my mum hadn't died when she did... I probably wouldn't be sitting here now because her death was a catalyst that put in motion all sorts of other steps that I took that have led me to where I am now. And I think, you know, I say to people, if you look back at all these pivotal moments and you see the stepping stones that you've jumped across to bring you to where you are now, it's like that film sliding doors. Yes. You know, if yes. if this one thing happens in this way, it takes yes. you down that path. If it happens in another way, it takes you down a completely different path. And yeah, I, I think, you know, all these things that we think are bad are just leading us where we need to go. Um, and yeah, I, I've said that so many times. I think it's hard to see that when you're in the midst of it, but um, once you're able to step back and 
have a little, um, you know, space from the, the intensity of the emotions, for example, I think it's a lot easier to see that that's true. Yeah. But I do agree with that. Yeah. I think as well with life experience, I think you, you go through different things. And I think, you know, for me, it was, I'd gone through other things in my life and I'd seen that there was this pattern. So when, you know, both my mum and dad died, I saw it in a different way. I still had to go through it. I still mm-hmm. had to work through everything because, you know, it affects your physical body as well as everything else. Yeah. Um, but I think just having an understanding of the process that I was going through made a real difference but that just comes through life experience and everybody experiences things in a different way and those experiences teach them different things so it might teach somebody else something completely different to what it's shown me yeah it's really a bespoke experience isn't it yeah yeah it's a good description yeah it's like this uh this interplay with life which might be another topic because that could be super fun. <laughs> I'm going to totally make a note of that. And I loved your description of the, um, oh, I'm going to butcher the way that you said it, but the, the stones across the, the path, the stones across the Stepping river. Stones. Stepping stones. Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, I love that. I love yeah. that. I think that's beautiful. I just like so, looking back and you can see them. Yeah. It's always easy with 2020 oh, vision. Yeah, yeah. You can't see it at the time. Yeah, for sure. So um, just as we wrap up, I would I would be curious if you could leave someone. So let's say that there's someone listening who feels like, God, man, I really, I really need to change my life. I really want to start leaning towards living and feeling more gentle within my life. What two or three things would you suggest to them to try? Um, I think the main one for me is to go outside every day, Mm. to go somewhere where you can really experience nature. Um, and it doesn't have to, you don't have to go far. You know, I, I look in hedgerows and look at the changes of, in the season, but I think something happens to us when we're out in nature that has an impact on us um, and it helps us reconnect with the seasons and the natural world and we are a part of that natural world as well but I think what happens a lot when you're in the corporate world is you're so disconnected yes. from the natural world yeah you know I mean a lot of the time in winter you don't even see daylight if you're in an office yeah um, but reconnecting you, it reconnects you to yourself. And over time, as you, you know, you, you start automatically doing the mindful stuff and you're looking at what's around you, it starts to change you. And it also, it slows you down. You know, if you, if you're really looking at stuff, I can't walk down the lane fast. I have to I have to look at everything and, oh, there's berries there and, oh, there's a dead leaf there that yes. looks really I nice. I need to photograph it. Yes. And, oh, there's some cows. I must go and say hello to them. And yes, it's, I love it. it's a different, when you're really engaging with it, you are on a different 
at a different pace. So that's Absolutely. that's my biggest one. Um, just spending some time outside, and of course, that's walking. It's getting fresh air. It's getting daylight. So you're actually getting quite a few things um, mm-hmm. all in at once. And the other thing that um, I think it's Kate Northrup um, put it in her book, Do Less, Body First, Business Second, or Work Second. And it means you prioritise yourself and you prioritise doing those things. And then if once you've done that, once you've been out and you've been in nature, then you can come back and you can do your own stuff. And there's um, a guy, I think, I think he's Australian, um, but he lives in Japan and he walks for hours and hours every day. And that is part of his creative process. And that's how he gets creative ideas by just kind of tuning out from everything else. So you're not you're not looking at your phone and you're not watching Mm -hmm. television, but you're observing what's going on in the world around you. And then he sits down after he's walked and he creates, he writes and he's written books and things like that. So, you know, just going out in nature does so many things for you. Mm -hmm. I love that. Yeah, it's the presence, I think, a lot of that. Yeah. So what does, um, what sort of mindfulness do you incorporate into your day? Um, for me, I think it comes down to, I I think it was Mary Oliver, um, pay attention, be astonished, tell about it. Yeah. And, and again, this is one of the reasons why I set these reminders for myself, especially if I'm doing an active experiment, because I, I set a reminder for first thing of, oh, Hey, today we are, or I do them for 30 days. So I have a recurring reminder and it's just like today we are looking for ordinary magic, for example. And so I create the reminder first thing and then I would I would maybe put like a sticky note on my computer screen that says ordinary magic and you know maybe put a little uh, a little note on the fridge so that I would see it when I'm out there and just these reminders that oh yeah I'm looking for ordinary magic because when I'm looking for it it's like when you get a new car you suddenly see that car every freaking where on the road in my experience mm. And it's the same thing. I'm priming my brain, I'm priming my mind and my my being, my awareness to look for whatever it is that I'm looking for. So in that example, it was ordinary magic. And I'm much more likely to experience it, to see yeah. it, to find it every day, through the day. And um, And for me, part of that then is then going back and documenting it somehow so I write about it at the end of the day or I blog about it or whatever so that I'm kind of kind of anchoring it in my being as like oh yeah I did experience this today and for me another piece of that is that's putting me in the flow with life or God or whatever you want to call it because it's it's um reaffirming to myself that when I ask for something I I can get it so yeah. it's reaffirming my connection to life or to God. It's reaffirming the fact that I'm safe. It's reaffirming the fact that I have value. I have, you know, innate value. All of these things. 
so that then the next time I go to do an experiment, it's a little bit easier because I've, I've already proven to myself that life responds when I ask. So that's my thing. That's, I mean, that's also going down the theme of manifesting. Yeah, for sure. Which could be a whole other podcast. That's what I was Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> I will definitely go back before I post this and make uh, and, and add some more notes to our Evernote. I I really like what you said about these reminders. I think, I mean, sometimes I feel so stupid, really, that I can't just manage these things on my own. And yeah, um, you know, I, I have lists and. I've got um, like a habit tracker that I write on. Um, but it's, yeah, it's just having those nudges all the time um, mm-hmm. that we, we need. Yeah. Well, it's like we were talking about earlier. We're taught from the time we're born, literally, that, you know, we need to stay productive and stay busy and contribute and this, that, and the other thing. We are not taught to pay attention to our own needs for the mm-hmm. most part. Most of us aren't. So... Yeah, it's, it can be, you know, we're creating new neural pathways when we do this. And so there's there's going to be some effort involved, potentially, with yeah. creating new habits and changing what we're doing. Yeah, that makes sense. Because sometimes I've wondered why I found it so hard. But, um, yeah, when you, when you look at it like that, and we've had a lifetime of yeah. this programming... And we've got to kind of deprogram ourselves to enable us to walk these different paths. Yeah. Mm. Absolutely. Is your dog snoring? She is. I was sitting here (laughs) thinking, oh, my God, I'm going to have to put a note in the podcast that if you hear something in the background, it's probably Lexi snoring. God forbid I wake her up and move her. She's very, very cozy, Nicola. That's all right. I could just... (laughs) It was only, it was quite quiet at first. And I thought, sure, that's your dog. And then there was just a little bit more and I thought, definitely. (laughs) We were just lucky that she didn't start dreaming and yapping, yelping, barking. It's real life. Oh boy, it is real life. It is what it is. Oh, I think this was good. Do you feel like we answered the question? Yeah, I think so. And it's like all these conversations, it's given me a lot more things to think about and to consider incorporating. Um, And, you know, yeah, just a lot of things to think about and explain why it can be such a challenge and also why it's so important that we do this stuff. Yeah. Well, and yes, Solid, solid yes, period. Yes to that. And that we, like, by us doing these things and walking that path, I feel like that's how we make a change. So another one of our topics on the list is, um, you know, for humanity to move forward, we need a change in consciousness. To me, this is, like, one of the practical steps in that. Because as we make these changes ourselves, other people see us. Family, friends, kids people at large, if we're in the public at all, they start seeing that we're making these changes and we're doing these things differently and how it impacts us. And so that's kind of how some of these things start to grow and get out into the into the consciousness. Mm. So I, I almost feel like in a way, we have a responsibility 
to live according to our highest truth and live according to what we actually really, how we really want to live because, you know, we're human beings. We're not, we're not machines. We're not robots. Mm. And people need to see that it's possible. Yeah. And I think as well, when you impact your own consciousness and awareness, even if nobody actually sees it, it's having a knock-on effect in some way as well. Yes. You know, like the whole butterfly wing thing and... Um, Absolutely. I think, and that know, quote. Yeah, I've I've got some quotes about it. Um, I can't remember who said them now, but there's there's a lot of stuff around you know the impact of consciousness, um, in a bigger way um, than we imagine. Yeah. And we can talk about that too. I love that topic. <laughs> love it. So on that note, Sweet. shall we end today's podcast? Yeah, I think we're good. Okay, we're then. Good, and we'll look forward to the next one. <laughs> well, bye for now. Thanks. Thanks so much for listening to Conversations Across the Pond with Angel and Nicola. I'm Angel, and we are thrilled that you're along for the ride with us. If you enjoyed this episode, remember to subscribe in your favorite podcast app so that you're notified each time we publish a new one. This is a passion project for both of us, so to find us online, please go to agentlelife.co.uk to find Nicola and to rootedmystic.com to find Angel. Thanks again. We'll see you soon.